welcome to the Dynasty Pulse podcast special IDP show uh, edition. That was a long, way too long. And the music's back there for a brief second. Of course, the uh, FSU fight song means it's time we're talking about prospects. And uh, like I said, this is a special edition IDP show. So, of course, I have to go right to the top and uh, bring in IDP team captain Bill Latin. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? I am doing good. I'm ready to ready to talk some defensive prospects. Now, we're going to get probably more in-depth than you might need or maybe that we should, but we're going to do it anyway just because we uh we've been studying these guys for your benefit and we are going to just we're going to hit it and uh we're 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 excited that we're able to listen or listen to each other and and voice our opinions on on so many players today. Uh, we're going to break down top five defensive and defensive tackle, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, safety, and cornerback. So, um, and we'll pass along some obvious IDP thoughts along the way too. Um, any anybody anybody strike you right now, Bill, as maybe the top defensive player in this draft? Why don't we just get that out of the way right now? Well, you know, there's a lot of talk and, and speculation about Jalen Ramsey. And although uh, if I'm an NFL GM, I would probably be excited about him as perhaps a press corner. From an IDP standpoint, I look at uh, ceiling. I look at who has the highest ceiling. I'm probably out on a, on a limb by myself here. But to me, DeForest Buckner, uh, he has the most intrigue to me. He, he, to me, has the highest ceiling of any IDP player this this year. And I love the fact that I'm going to be able to get him later than some of the other IDP guys that have a lot of the hype. Um, I'm I'm also very big on Miles Jack. I've been coming around on him. Um, th- this is a very deep IDP class. There's a lot of guys that I'm actually uh, excited about potentially landing on my roster this season. Yeah, um, we will we'll have some words over Buckner, I guess, a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I I feel you. This is this is an amazing class defensive side of the ball, and and even though maybe their IDP futures aren't aren't as uh, grand as you want them to, considering you know the size of your your IDP league, this defensive tackle class. I mean, I could go 15 deep. I mean, there is so much talent at the defensive tackle position. I mean, I honestly think three three to five years from now we could be talking about this class like we talked about that 2014 wide receiver class because there there is like I said before there's 12 guys that go in the first two rounds but not everybody has a need there so people are going to get quality guys beefcakes up front so to speak um yeah beefcakes yeah the offensive linemen are the biscuit eaters the defensive linemen are beefcakes I think it's the official football terminology but anyway yeah but <laughs> A lot of int- lot of intrigue there, but um, why don't we just get started with uh with defensive end there, and uh, we'll 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 work backwards here, Bill. So who do you have as your number five defensive? Well, I I um I struggled with this because I tend to shy away from character guys, uh, guys that have uh, low character or any kind of flags whatsoever uh, coming into the draft. But at number five, even though it's low for most, I have Noah Spence coming in. Okay. What 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 are your thoughts on Spence? And I mean, obviously he's had the the character issues, the the ecstasy and and whatnot. But uh, what, what I guess, what are your thoughts on him as a player? Last season, eleven and a half sacks is hard to hard to ignore, and uh, sack production translates pretty well in the NFL typically. 
Um, I think that most likely he's going to be um, viewed by most NFL uh, teams as a top prospect. This NFL teams, unless it's a huge character issue, they, they don't really uh, discount talent. So I, I know for a fact I'm, I'm discounting him a little bit because of the character issues. He very well could end up being the best defensive end in this class, and a lot of people have him ranked as, as such. Um, I just tend to um, to shy away a bit. Now, I'll, I'll do a little precursor and say that a lot of these rankings that you and I are sharing could change easily with landing spots. Um, you know, when, when uh, a player lands in an ideal situation and spot, they can vault up, you know, from, from spot five to spot one quite easily. But for right now, um, there's three or four guys that I like better than him. Okay. Well, to, to tell you the honest truth here, too, I, I actually don't have Noah Spence written out as one of the people I want to talk about today. So whether, no matter what designation he's going to get, you know, he could, you know, I think a lot of people see him as, as maybe a, a four three or maybe a three four outside linebacker. Um, I, I, I like you said with the character issues and him him being undersized. I, that's like. That's two. That's two pretty good strikes in a, in a player that you want, you know, want to build your defense around. And uh, I think he's a guy that potentially is a, is a first round pick, and that might get him a little bit too much hype in the IDP community. So, uh, my number five, um, I actually have uh, Jonathan Bullard. Now he can, he can go back and forth. Some people think he might be a defensive tackle. Uh, some some people may say defensive end, and obviously we'll just see, uh, you know, what what MLF slates him as. Uh, uh, post-draft because we know those things can change. Uh, I do like Bullard. You know, I think after, you know, over these last couple years, everybody wants the next Aaron Donald, and he is certainly that undersized type of player, and obviously he would need to be a defensive tackle if he's going to be that type of player. But he is just just a lot of energy from that position and a guy that uh, just creates, creates a lot of havoc. And even if he's you watch film on him, and even he's not making the play or not making the tackle. He's he's forcing the play to go in the other direction, or he's forcing the runner to go around him. And I think I think that's a, a something that could be said early on for him. If you know if he gets to play like that, right, go up against those uh, NFL right tackles, who we certainly have seen throughout the NFL playoffs, uh, can be vulnerable. If he has a, a decent pass rusher on the other side of him, I think Bullard is a guy that comes come out of the gates and really create some nice IDP stats as a rookie defensive end, which is, again, something we, we don't see very often. We don't see a lot of rookie defensive linemen, as Bill said earlier, especially defensive tackles. Guys get a lot of IDP points early on. You know, look at a guy that everybody was excited about last year here at DFW and uh, Oa Digazua. I geez, seven, I think seven IDP points last year, something like that, three or four tackles. And yeah. Just obviously injuries come into play, but, it's not. It's it's very few, few and far between these guys that bust out of the gate. You know, there may be one or two of the guys that we're going to talk about today that are going to be legit players that you want to start in your IDP team. But we still want to go over them so you're ready and have some background and some confidence to play them. Uh, who do you have at number four there? Bill? At number four, there's a guy that I'm excited about, and again, if he he lands in an ideal spot, he's going to go up my board, and that's Emmanuel Ogba. I really love his first step. I think the guy, the ground shakes when he plants his foot. He's, mm. he's got a very good low center of gravity, um, very productive all around uh, defensive end. I just really like his game. Watched a little film on him, and I just think that it's going to translate well at the NFL level. NFL level. 
Uh, yeah, I'll get I'll get more more on Ogba here in a second. Uh, but I got Kevin Dodd at my number four. Um, uh, again, you know, some people may be a little too excited about this guy. You know, some people think he could be a really you know mid first round type of player. Um, let's not forget uh, he had an, an awesome defensive end on the other side. That being said, Dodd does have some great moves. He has, he has some nice finesse moves, but he also has a lot of power. He's got a big hand swipe that'll, that'll put some defensive, or excuse me, some offensive tackles on their butt. Um, I think, uh, like Bill keeps saying, in, in the right scheme, he could create a, a lot of havoc. And, if, again, if he's one of these rookies that gets to go up against the right tackles, uh, we could see some very good things from Dodd. Um, uh, number three, Bill, who you got number three? Number three, I have Joey Bosa. He he very well may be better suited as a three four outside linebacker. Um, again, we'll see what happens. You know, depending on what team drafts him, the guy's talented. Um, he, you know, he regressed a little bit, but he had an outstanding combine. I think that the ceiling is pretty high for this kid. Um, I actually probably prefer to see him as a three four outside linebacker, but um, at defensive end, depending on the scheme and team, um, I think he could be productive as well. Okay. Um, at number three, I have Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, like like Bill said just a minute ago, uh, phenomenal first step. And as as far as power goes, I don't know if there's a more powerful defensive player in this draft. I mean, you want to talk about uh, bull rush? I mean, you just see him get in defensive tack or excuse me, offensive tackles right in their midsection and you just push them back. He's not you know he's not flopping these guys on the ground, but he is pushing them out of the way. And it's just a phenomenal thing to watch, even though it is the college level and he's going to have, you know, his, his normal growing pains. You just have to see so much power out of this guy. And it, and it runs through his arms all the way down through his legs. And I think that is going to be a, a, a good translation uh, for him taking that next step. Now, I know you talked a little on Ogba too, Bill. Is he a guy that you think is definitely going to be a defensive end or do you think he can – play that outside linebacker role too well to me it's it's 80 20 i mean i'm 80 percent sure that he's gonna he's gonna be more suited at the defensive end position nfl teams i mean we've seen in recent history in particular the last two or three years that they are starting to kind of blur the lines uh in terms of what positions these guys are playing at and where they're willing to to put them at in fact I think this season, this upcoming season, we're going to see some guys slim down and move some move positions as well. Um, so it's it's an interesting kind of morph into the NFL defensive scheme of things. How these teams are are putting people in different sub packages and and uh, they're kind of dialing into what they what they want to achieve on their defensive side. But I really think he's better suited as a defensive end. Um, you know, and I, and I kind of thought that I kind of struggled with where I would put him early on, but I think more so than any person, if you're going to put him at defensive end, I think it really doesn't matter the scheme of these guys that we're going to talk about. I think he, he, he has the size and obviously the, the thick chestedness to be a three, four defensive end, but I also think he could work extremely well in, in the three, four, which is mostly what he saw, did in college there. Um, who do you have at number two? And number two, I have a guy that I really, really like in Shaq Lawson out of Clemson. I think that uh, he's he's a great uh, player that 
uh, to me, is best suited in a 4-3. I'd love to see perhaps Atlanta take him in the middle of the draft. Um, I think he's going to be a solid anchor uh, for someone. I do think he is better suited for a 4-3 scheme. Um, he's at times lacks a little bit of explosiveness, but he's got great hands and and a pretty good first step. Um, you know, good good uh, sack numbers. He had five passes defended last year, which in the NFL is very important with uh, the way that the, it's translated into a passing league. So I think that he's got good vision, good timing. Um, I think somebody's going to get a really good defensive end uh, in him. Um, yeah, I actually have him at number two as well. And I think he's one of those players, no matter where he goes, the team is going to want to use him right away. And I think he is very well suited to start to start week one next year. Um, just because he has so much experience going up against left tackles, I think, at the college level, um, I think he, uh, like Bill said, he might not be the uh, – the quickest, but I think he has, uh, he reminds me of Ogba in a lot of the senses where he, they both are just super power runners. And it's, that's not something I think is, is maybe given give, give these people enough credit for in Ogba and Lawson. I mean, when you're a power rusher at the college level, you, you already know more than one way to get around, around offensive linemen. And when you have, when you have that background, Plus, you have some some finesse moves. That's just gonna. I think that's just gonna help you translate better and help you get on get on the stat sheet too. And like I said, he's a guy that's going to go somewhere to start week one and probably go up against left left tackles. And if he goes somewhere and goes against right tackles, oh my gosh, you want him on your ITP sheet, please. Um, <laughs> who do, who do you have at number one there? At number one, as I said, I have DeForest Buckner and. I kind of he's not necessarily the same type of player but I I look at his skill set and his ceiling similar to Ziggy Ansah a few years ago where I had him very highly rated and I want to I want to preface something by saying that just because I have DeForest Buckner ranked first doesn't mean that he's going to necessarily be the first defensive end off the board as I'm doing my my rookie drafts what I really love about seeing a ceiling in in guys like this is the fact that I can get them later based on ADP versus some of these other guys. So I look at somebody like Buckner and I see something where he's going to slip a little bit compared to some of these other players. I feel like that's a value. So I'm not going to reach for Buckner. Um, He's not a guy that I'm going to take super high in, in, in my rookie drafts, but I am going to get as many shares of him as I can. And I do see a ceiling similar to Ansa where he has to develop a little bit. I don't think he's going to come in year one and tear things up. I think he's going to have to be coached up a little bit. I think he's going to have to um, develop uh, a little bit. But I think in year two, year three, this guy could be an absolute beast. Okay. Uh, you know, and I don't have Buckner in my top five at all. And and one thing I I just – I like him. I think he is a great defensive player. I just don't – no, if I see IDP numbers coming out of him, and then I feel like he's more of a guy that's going to set the edge rather than make the play. I think he he's a big specimen. I mean, the guy is enormous uh, uh, and way better than uh, Eric Armstead from a year ago for Oregon. But I just don't know if he's going to ever be a, a guy that's going to be that stat hog that you, that you want on your IDP roster. And that's why I don't have him at number five. And any, any thoughts? That, any thoughts there in my top five? I yeah, I would say um, I would agree with one one thing in that if I was going to 
label one of my top five picks as the, the potential to bust, Buckner would have the most potential to bust. And that may sound a little bit like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because he's my top prospect, but I do think it's a little more of a risky pick uh, based on some of these other guys that have a much higher floor. Um, sometimes I'd rather roll the dice a little bit, take that guy that I think has a higher ceiling, even though he may bust. Um, you know, that, that's just kind of the, the, the nature of, of IDP trying to mix in some high, high floor or high ceiling guys and, in, and also some high floor guys, depending on your roster composition and what you're trying to accomplish with your various teams. But I would definitely agree that, uh, that there's more risk there. Um, you know, I think that based on both of our, both of our uh, comments so far that Shaq Lawson seems to be a pretty darn safe pick uh, in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe so too. Um, not number one, it's, it's probably the, uh, the routine answer, but I do have Bolsa and uh, you, you mentioned earlier, you, you would think he is better suited as an outside linebacker. And you, and do you to, think to me, I think, I think he would be more uh, exp- explosive and productive from an IDP standpoint um, you know, it's, it's, again, it's depending on scheme where, where he lands, what, mm. what, uh, what NFL teams see him as, as a role. Um, you know, he could, he could easily play either, but I just, for, for some reason, I just kind of see him in that three, four outside backer role. Okay. I just, and, and I, and I think he, he could excel there. And I think he's a player that you could probably be put up and down. Uh, but, uh, as far as I'm concerned is, is, with even up against the rest of these guys we've talked about, I think he has the he plays with his hands. He has such great hands as a pass rusher, and and I don't know if that's something that necessarily translates when you're coming coming from a little further back. So I want him on the line. I want him beating people with his hands right away and, and creating creating that pocket to shift to to my other guy or just totally collapsing the pocket and getting the sack. Um, you know, he's a guy that's going to be a, probably a top five, maybe top six pick. And if a team like Dallas or Baltimore gets in, I, I am super excited about how, how he's going going to translate. And uh, I think it's I think it could be some some good things. I think he could put up even a really good rookie stat line there. And, that, and that's why I have both at number one. He is kind of the consensus, you know, number one defensive end out there and, no matter where you put I will the tell designation. You, uh, go ahead. I will tell you, to me, he kind of, in a similar light, is is kind of similar to Khalil Mack in that Mack kind of plays that same type of role. And coming out, we all knew he was mm-hmm. a great uh, edge rusher. We all knew he had the ability to play end. He also has the ability to play outside backer. Um, the bottom line is he's a great football player. Um, I currently have Bosa going to the Ravens at six. I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, you know, in Baltimore. Um, but, you know, I agree with you 100% that he definitely, uh, his production is going to translate. It's just a matter of where, where he lands and what they want him to do. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I, would, I would love that spot, Baltimore, no matter where they put him. And I, and I also think that uh, Bosa is another guy, if you need him to go inside because he is so long and rangy, and great with his hands, I think he could beat guards inside and really, really create some some disturbances uh, uh, for the for your op- opponent's rushing game. So, uh, moving on to uh, the defensive tackles. Now, I already prefaced this as a as a, as a class that I'm really excited about. Uh, but uh, who, who do you have at number five? 
At number five, I have Sheldon. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. Um, I wanted I wanted to back up and, uh, because sure. I, I cannot not stop myself when I'm doing these rankings. Is there anybody that you didn't have in your top five of the defensive ends that you maybe just wanted to throw out there as kind of a, kind of a wild card name? Yes, actually, uh, Shalik Calhoun almost made my top five. Um, he's he's kind of a defensive end, outside linebacker, hybrid type guy that I think can slide in. Um, you know, in either of those positions, I really tend to like guys that are leaders on their teams that are well uh, respected, well thought of by coaches and players. And he's one of those type of guys that has a very good uh, football IQ. I think that Shalit Calhoun could be a very good uh, player, very, very productive player um, as well. That is actually who I wrote down to. Um, me and Bill are obviously both very smart people, so that's probably why we're in agreement here. But <laughs> he, and he is one of those guys that is really long and tall. He almost maybe it's because again he wears like an eight, like a number eighty nine. Kind of looks like a big tight end, but he it really is just one of those bendy guys off the edge. Uh, I I don't like him in an outside linebacker role, and, but I also kind of worry about his frame at the defensive end level, especially since you know he's used to going up against left tackles. But uh, I think he's a player. If you get, if you know, if he gets in the right, the right fit, he could do do some good things. And he's a guy I think. If he came out last year, like a lot of people thought he would, he would probably have been an end of the first round pick. And because this this class this year is is so chock full of defensive line talent, he's kind of a name that's gotten gotten forgotten about. I think so. Um, one other name that we probably should mention, and I think I know how you feel about him, Bill. Um, is, is Robert Nikandiche. Um I, he, I know he's a guy that can kind of move all around a lot line too, but I, I have him listed as a defensive end. Any thoughts there? I mean, you want to talk about high high risk. Yeah, you know, I, I struggled with him. Again, there, there's some character concerns there, um, and he's definitely a productive player. He was great at Ole Miss. Um, I, I think that he's probably better suited at defensive tackle. Um, or, or just shoving him on the inside in a 4-3 uh, position somewhere. And like you said, this is a very deep class, so um, somebody's going to get a really good deal uh, taking him. I, I just don't see him at defensive end, to be quite honest with you. Um, I actually like um, actually like Yannick Nagakau. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, out of Maryland. I like him better after watching some film. Um, he seems like a more safe pick to me, um, similar similar type of player. Um, I, I just I'm not sure if if uh, if I'm buying into him as an as an elite talent, but the, but he's certainly a quality NFL prospect. Yeah, yeah, I'm I just got some big concerns there, but uh, we'll move on. Um, who do you have as your number five defensive tackle? At number five, I have Sheldon Day out of Notre Dame. And he could probably play defensive end as well. Um, Pro Football Focus has him graded as a number one to tackle this year. Um, he, he's got really, really great hands. And I think that um, that's a big part of being able to play defensive tackle in the NFL. You've got to be able to shed. You've got to be able to to uh, get position. And I just really think he has, uh, he has a, a very good future in the NFL. Um, He's young, 21 years old, and uh, I just I think he's he's going to be great. Um, I like Day a lot too. I think he's a player that um, I actually have him ranked eighth, but this class is so huge. Um, 
he's a player when you watch film on him right away you see you and you almost see a pre-snap time where there's two people looking to make sure you know where he is at along the line i mean he's He's getting a lot of respect for the offense, and it's with good cause. And he and you immediately see him shed one guy and and, and practically go through another before before making that quarterback move in the pocket. So yeah, I, I like Day a lot. Um, number five, I have Vernon Butler uh, out of La Tech. Um, I he another guy that's so good against the run, and and a guy that uh, is pretty underrated athletically considering the the size he is. I think he could just do do some really good things uh, given the right scheme. I think he is probably maybe better suited to play the defensive uh, tackle and not, not on the nose, but I think, uh, I think no matter what, I think he's going to, going to have a very solid NFL career there. Um, So who, who do you have at number four there, Bill? At number four, as we discussed, I have Robert Nikimdichi. Um, I think that um, his talent is too good to put him any lower. Um, again, though, he's a guy that I probably wouldn't pull the trigger on. Um, you know, in, in most of my drafts, unless it's, unless it's a defensive tackle required league, I'm probably only going to have one, maybe two guys on my radar for the entire rookie drafts at defensive tackle. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of how, how you – how it's probably the safest play, especially, especially since he said in you know not a lot of leagues require the defensive tackle. I, I I am in a league where there is a couple, so I tend to look at those players a little bit more than than most. But uh, Bill, Bill Bill makes a fair point there, and that is kind of the norm. Uh, number four, I have Sheldon Rankins out of Louisville. Uh, every time you watch film with the, on this guy, I just I just come away more and more impressed. Um, you know, again we all look towards who's going to be that next Aaron Donald type of player. Just a guy that immediately penetrates the line and, and starts to do, do things in the backfield. That's just going to disrupt the offense. And I think Rankins might, might be, might be pretty close to that. He's just under the 300 mark, little undersized at six one. Um, even even got some small hands, but he just has those thirty three inch arms. So, yeah, I think th- that translation is going going to be pretty easy for him in terms of he's going to pl- be on the field and wh- more. He might not get a lot of great rookie stats. I think just the opportunity is going to be there for, and it's going to you're going to see maybe quicker growth out of out of Rankins because I think he's ready. He's going to be ready to go. Who do you have at number three there, Bill? At number three out of Florida, I have Jonathan Bullard. Um, I think he's a fantastic run stuffer. I'm not sure uh, how he will be against the pass. Um, you know, his film isn't the greatest against the pass. Uh, he does have a, a couple of, of uh, passes defended, but um, against the run, I think this kid's going to be a great, great uh, run stuffer. So I, I really like him, um, uh, Jonathan Bullard out of Florida. Um, I have number or at number three, I have Andrew Billings out of Baylor. Um, it didn't translate well for him, I think, at at the combine. But man, he gets through that line quick. And uh, again, with I want to go back to the Aaron Donald thing. And I don't, and I don't. I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be Aaron Donald good. I just think that is that is the kind of the new mold at this this position. And people that have attributes like Donald, I think, are going to definitely gain and garner some more attention and and billions is just so quick and 
you know, some people want to downplay him because he, he, he tends to, to get to be on the ground at the end of the play, even if he's not making the tackle, but he is just so aggressive and, and maybe sometimes too aggressive. I'll, I'll grant him that, but I just think he, he he's a, a player that's certainly going to force things early on in a play. And, uh, and I think that's going to be translated into a lot of, a lot of run stuff and a lot of, a lot of tackles. I mean, you're looking at a defensive tackle. If you get 40 tackles out of a guy from that position, you're pretty damn lucky. You know, that there's some, there are some guys that do 50 and 60, but that's not something that these defensive tackles can repeat year to year. So but if you get like a, at that 40 mark out of tackles, out of defensive tackles, you're doing pretty good. And I think Bolt Billings is a guy that could do, do that here out of Baylor. Uh, he have at number two. Um, one quick note on Andrew Billings, too. He just turned 20. So teams are going to get a, a young prospect that, that, you know, they can develop and mold and and uh, shape them how they want to. And I think that Billings, in a defensive tackle uh, required league, could end up being a steal. Mm, most definitely. At number, at number two, I have Sheldon Rankings out of Louisville. Um, I think he's he's fantastic. Uh, I think he's very, very good on the interior. Uh, he's a young guy at age 21. Uh, very, very productive, um, you know, tackle-wise. Um, he just absolutely had a beast year last year. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, we'll get to the number one, but he's a very, he's, he's one B to the one a for me this year. We'll just put it that way. Okay. Uh, well, number one, and I, and I went back and forth on this, but, and I'll make my point, uh, when we get to number one and maybe I'm, I'm at a, a one B here too, but I got Jaron Reed out of, out of, uh, Alabama. And and I I know I've gone pro ready already on a couple of these guys, but this this is another guy like Lawson who's going to go to a team and play right away. So solid against the run, and he's he's a guy that uh, he'll probably get the defensive tackle designation, but he can do the three four defensive end too. I, I I love this kid. I just think there's there's so much that he can do, and there's so much that he can give to a defense right away and I think that's going to translate into some really good rookie numbers and just think he's going to be such a great player. Um so who do you have at number 1 there Bill? At number 1 I have Ashawn Robinson out of Alabama. I think that his his ability is very very um very very widespread. He can play pretty much up and down that line. Um teams are you know someone that drafts him is going to get a player that they can plug and play pretty much anywhere. Uh, the kid is is versatile. He's productive, um, very well thought of by by uh, draft scouts as well. Which that doesn't always mean mean a lot, but when you look across the board and you and you see consensus um, in in uh, evaluation process, I think that it stand out. So, Ashawn Robinson, I think is going to be a very good NFL player. Um, I actually have him at number one too, and, and I think we might see more things, more better things out of Reed the first couple of years. Uh, but um, Robinson, and uh, just to, you know, I agree with you on all your points there with him, Bill, but the dude is also just a freaky athlete at a position that does not, you do not see that. That is just so rare. So I think he might struggle to find a true position or true home those first couple of years. But if he's developed right, 
uh, just stick if he went to Seattle or, or a team that would, you know, just would let him kind of kind of do a couple things right away and then just let him loose, you know, two, two, three years from now, he could be, he could be so dangerous. Um, and I think because of that ability, I think if any one of these defensive tackles is going to be, you know, kind of your back-to-back double-digit sack type of player or a guy that you can talk in that, in that realm every single year, I think it's going to be Robinson. Again, I think it's probably a couple years down the line just because I think he has such a, a great ceiling, but I think he's going to, he's going to, like I said, struggle just to maybe find a position home right away. But I think he will be a very, very good player uh, no matter where he goes. And, and I'm really not worried about, about scheme fit with him at all. And that's, that's why I had to kind of bump him over to, you know, just, just the fact that I think he's just going to be a, in the long run, him versus Reed is going to be a, a better player there. Um, any anybody you didn't have in your rankings you wanted to throw out there, Bill? Um, you know, one guy that that I like uh, a little bit that I'm kind of looking at uh, from the corner of my eye is Hassan Ridgeway out of Texas. Um, he's a well-rounded guy. I think he has a pretty high ceiling. I'm really curious to see where he lands. Um, where he lands NFL wise. Um, I think that, uh, that's going to say a lot as far as how, how teams view him, depending on where he lands. I think he could actually be a, a pretty good contributor in uh defensive tackle required leagues. I like Ridgeway a lot too. I think I kind of have him at number nine right now. Uh, but like I said, this class is, is so deep. Um, you already talked about Sheldon day. I didn't have him in my top five, uh, Kind of, a, kind of a. It was, it was hard to really break it down. Uh, but I, I also wanted to talk about uh, Kenny Clark out of UCLA, a, a player that reminds me a lot of Day. I think this is kind of the same type of player, kind of, kind of the, kind of the taller, lengthier defensive tackles. Uh, but certainly a guy that uh, teams were committing two bodies to, because if you didn't, he was going to, going to thwart things before they even got started. Um, and I also want to talk about Chris Jones from Mississippi State. The guy, the guy's gaining a lot of first-round momentum right now, and, and the guy is just a, just a, a hungry beast. I mean, he's an he's an animal, just relentless pursuit type of player. Um, I see some Howie Long in his game, and and when I see that out of it, out of a young player, that that just makes me excited. And I did not trying to bring my my Raider homerism into this podcast. But That's high I praise. That That's there. high praise, Josh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just I see that just because he just, he moves so well and yeah, teams are gonna offensive linemen are gonna get sick of looking at him all day long and maybe that's gonna cause some people to commit some penalties or he's certainly gonna get some holding penalties I think because he's just relentless. Um, outside linebacker maybe maybe the sexy position we'll say a little sexier position who you got uh, as your number five outside linebacker. There, Bill? Well, this is this is where it gets a little muddy for me because, you know, we can talk 3-4 outside linebacker, we can talk traditional just outside linebacker. For me, um it kind of the lines kind of blur. As I said, in my in a traditional outside linebacker role, I really don't have uh certain guys ranked such as Bosa or Ogba, but if I just go strictly outside linebacker, my number 5 guy is Darren Lee. Um I love Darren Lee. Um I I would love him on on the Arizona Cardinals. I would love him you know, I think he's going to be a great NFL player. I'm not sure how the IDP portion of it's going to shake out as far as how well he's going to translate um, IDP-wise, but I just think he's a, he's a very talented linebacker. 
Yeah, maybe maybe one of the the fast guys of this class. Um, I kind of I kind of see him as, as a little uh, Ryan Sazier like, and obviously they're both from the same school, and they kind of played a similar role. Sazier has been asked to go inside in Pittsburgh, but guys that are that are too fast, uh, you know, maybe maybe to a fault at some point, you know, kind of like a guy like uh, Devon Kennard with the Giants right now. I mean, he is so fast, he over-pursues the play, and that's it's a little bit of a concern I have with Lee. And another one is, you know, I think pre-combine, Lee was, you know, maybe a second-round pick, and now everybody's saying, oh, he's, you know, he's top 20, he's top 15. So I think maybe people are a little too excited about uh, Mr. Lee there. Um, and this is kind of where, where we're, like you said, it gets a little muddy too because I had to make a certain decisions on players where I thought – and I fully based where I thought they should play. So I, I got a little personal, and I couldn't put – you know, I had to put certain guys at safety. I had to put certain guys at cornerback. I had to put certain guys at outside linebacker. So I got at number five, uh, and the guy that maybe could do both safety and outside linebacker. I got Deion Jones out of LSU, uh, just just a phenomenal athlete. And when you know, obviously you're going to have some great athleticism when you can play both of those positions. But I think he's a guy that uh, reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Bud Dupree last year. He's not as, he's not as big as Dupree, little little undersized, but. If if he you know can play that weak side linebacker role, he's he's got the ability to to give chase like a like a guy like Levante David. He's not the tackler Levante David is, but he's certainly a guy that has that ability to ch- chase that play down from behind and make the play. And whoever gets him, I think is going to be very excited. Who, who do you have there at number four, there, Bill? Um, <laughs> it's funny because I, linebackers, I love linebackers, and and it's probably my favorite IDP position. And in doing research for this podcast, I actually rewatched some film on guys, and I actually moved, I flip-flopped my view on Duran Lee and Scooby Wright. Scooby Wright's a guy that I keep going back and forth on. I love him, I hate him, I love him, I hate him. I watched some film last night, and uh, man, the guy, um, he's got a little bit of a nose for the ball. He, he, On occasion, he doesn't look spectacular athletically, but he makes tackle after tackle after tackle, and he just seems to always be where the ball is. So I have him at number four. Um, I think that there's definitely bust potential there, but uh, I really, after rewatching some of his film, I really think that uh, he could be he could be a tackle monster. I don't have him uh, right listed down as a player that I want to talk about today, and he's certainly kind of a, a polarizing player. You don't know. He's way down on your list. I see that. <laughs> but he's got, uh, like you said, he's making tackles, and some of that's solely based just on instinct. Like you said, he has a nose for the ball. He knows where to be. So, um, you know, the the combine didn't help him out at all. And he's a guy that I think might be better suited as an inside linebacker, just because he can he can make the tackles and kind of read the play and uh, be in the right place at the right time. Uh, number four, I have Leonard Floyd. I might catch some heat for this because I've been banging on Floyd all year. I don't, I don't, I just don't see him. He's a guy that people are throwing in the first round, and I have not seen it. I have not seen it. Um, but then he went to the combine, and the guy gained some weight and he gained some muscle. And I shouldn't let the combine flip me so much, uh, but it did. I mean, he, you know, I think 
most people thought he was like under 220, and now he's went to the combine at like 240, and he played out of position last year at inside linebacker just because there was so so much talented outside there at Georgia, and they needed a player to move inside. So he did that. So he show, he showed some versatility. Um, the film. I, maybe I'm not watching the right film on him because I, I still don't come away overly impressed by him at all. And I don't know why he wears a, a number in the eighties. Cause it just really confuses me because he just looks like <laughs> a wide receiver. But now that he's now that maybe he's gained some weight and hopefully some muscle um, and he might be a sub package type of player early on, but I think he's, I think he's probably the, the, the late first round type of player. Everybody is saying he is, and he's, he's going to get a chance to prove that I think uh, eventually. So I, I, I like him and I think I'm going to be interested to see how he develops there. Like him enough to throw him in my top fives. We'll give him that. Who do you have at number three, Bill? At number three, I have Jalen Smith and, and the disclaimer, I, I have a man crush on him. If uh, there weren't the injury concerns, he would be my number one linebacker prospect this year. I think that he fits the build, the mold of that kind of uh, robo, robo-cop type uh, linebacker that can do it all. He's quick. He's fast. He's got good lateral movement. He's got good instincts. Um, I just think that, that Jalen Smith is the real deal. I'm really a little concerned about the injury. Um, you know, there's some scuttlebutt that he could miss part or all of next season. So uh, I'm real curious to see how the medical clearances come out over the next uh, few weeks. But I really think that his ceiling is crazy high. I love Jalen Smith. Yeah, he's got a big, big medical coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be, that's going to be huge. Um, you know, and if, if that medical says he's going to play four games this year, I I would take him in the first round. No problem for my actual NFL team, not my IDPTA. But I, I just, I just, I, like I said, even before, you know, he had the, the really bad medical, I, I said, if this guy slips out of the top 10, it's crazy. I mean, why would a team who's picking in the top 10 or why would a team who's picking early in the second round right now, who knows they're not going to be in the playoffs next year or maybe two years from now, why would they not, put a player like on on their roster because you can bounce back next year and have another mid mid first round pick and have this guy coming too and yeah just he's why would you not stack a player like this away stash him away you know it's risky yeah but why not give it a shot because you know you know he's not a player that's going to to uh bust if he gets on the field and I have him going to the Jets at 20. I think I think that would be great to yeah. see him. You know, the Jets have a good enough linebacking core that they could wait a little bit. Um, they've got a defensive-minded head coach. I'd love to see him in New York. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing, too. Even if he went to, like, a, a team like Seattle in the fir- end of the first. Well, I mean, they, they don't need him, but they're going to they're gonna right. reap the rewards because people are scared of that. And I, I just don't get that at all. Um, but I'll talk a little bit more about Smith. I have him at number two, actually. Um, so maybe maybe I have a bigger man crush than you on him, though. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Camelay Carrera I have at number three. Um, played some defensive end. Played inside a little bit, too, um, at linebacker position out of Boise State. This kid is all power. But he can cover downfield, too. And just, just super impressed. If you haven't seen film in this guy, you have to. You have to watch it. I mean, you you see him, 
make up 20 yards faster than anybody his size should. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Very excited about him, and I don't want to say anything else about him because I want to get him super, super late. Uh, uh, what do you got number two there, Bill? Um, I have um... – I think I thought I thought I had Jalen Smith at two. Let's see, five, four, three, two. Floyd. Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd. Um, he was your number four. Yes. Was Leonard Floyd? Yeah. He's he's. He, I have him uh, slipping into two. Um, I had him a little bit lower. Um, I think that the athleticism that he showed. Um, over the course of his, the season, I, I rewatched some tape on him. I watched tape on all five of these guys, um, and, and I it was enough for me to move him up. Again, I, I just w- I wish that I could keep Jalen Smith as a top two pick. Um, I think that Floyd has a very very safe floor. He he would be a guy that I would take, knowing that he has a safe floor. I'm not sure that Floyd has the ceiling that some of these other guys have. Um, he's a little bit older as as a uh, rookie. He's 23 at the moment, um, but I think he's athletic, and I think he's going to contribute in year one. Okay. Number two, uh, like I said, I have Smith. Um, um, a guy that has just – I mean, we'll see how he bounces back from that knee, but uh, just an exceptional athleticism out of that linebacker position and, and a guy that could slip inside or outside and – a guy that's not going to ever have to leave the field. He could be, you know, that that middle guy in in the nickel or the dime. Uh, just, just yeah, just a phenomenal player. And I, I really hope he bounces back from that knee. And and we we get to see him this year. And uh, we're, obviously, me and Bill aren't going to forget about him if we don't see him this year because he, he there's a lot there's a lot of talent there. And and a guy that I'm really not concerned about scheme either. Just whoever gets him is going to use him when when they're when he is able, and it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. So, uh, who do you have at number one? At number one, no surprise, I have Miles Jack, uh, widely considered one of the top two uh, linebackers uh, IDP wise. Um, I think that his his game translates. He does have some medical issues. Uh, but he's a guy that can go in there and be a captain, kind of like a poor man's Luke Kukli. Um He can he can dictate the flow of the game. Uh, he's a good leader. Uh, he's just he's just a complete package. And at age 20, you know, he's got a lot of a lot of life in him. Um, you know, so that the team that takes him can afford to let him heal up and and uh, and get him right. But I think that he's going to be a locked and loaded stud uh, linebacker. And were some guys I'm a little concerned about because they might not find a position home right away and teams might, I have Jack at number one too, obviously Um, teams might not come out and say, you know, we drafted him to play outside linebacker. That's okay with Jack because wherever he goes, he's going to get stats. I mean, Oh, if he's the, if he's the, you know, the coverage linebacker in a, in a three, four scheme, he's going to get interceptions. And probably we take him to the house because he played running back in college too. I mean, he just there's just so much there that you could do with him. I mean, he could probably play nickel corner if you wanted to do. He could play the in the box safety. He could play the free safety. He could be the single high safety. I mean, there's no reason for this guy ever to leave the field. Probably even offensively too if you needed him. So uh, I just think wherever he goes, he's going to create stats. Um, 
I think if a team played him inside, oh, my gosh. And I don't think that's going to happen, but I think if a team played him inside, we could see 130 tackles almost yearly. And I, and I I don't even flinch when I say that because I think if he, he has the instincts to be in the right place at the right time, the speed and athleticism to be there. And I, I guess I'm not really concerned about the medical. I think he's pretty much past all that. Um, obviously, it's still in the back of everybody's mind what he what he's been through, but I, I think I think we're in for something very very special. Um, I think I think I would maybe and maybe we can go off on this after post draft when we get the landing spots. But I think Reggie Raglan might be a better tackle volume guy, so that's maybe more of a consistent IDP play. But I I think uh, Jack's right right there behind him in terms of the stats because he's going to get points for those stats that you get more points for because he's going to make those game-changing plays. Um, anybody you didn't talk about there, Bill, that you wanted to mention for the outside linebacker position? Well, a guy that I absolutely love and I, and jumped out on film for me is Eric Stryker out of Oklahoma. Um, again, he's a little bit of a tweener. Um, he just He just, to me fits the bill of a guy that you you just want on your team. Um, he may end up being a better NFL player. He's going to probably have to catch on and and uh, make a name on special teams or have an injury in front of him to actually contribute in year one. But I really like how tough he is. I like how gritty he is. He he plays a little bit angry, like he you know he wants to hurt you. Um, I, I like Eric Stryker's game quite a bit. Uh, I like him too. A uh, lot of energy out of that guy, and uh, just a character off of the field too. So uh, I think he's a guy that's gonna 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 certainly make a make a case for himself. I, I think it'd be interesting to see if some team tries to make him a safety, but uh, but we'll see what that happens post draft here. Um, I just wanted to mention Kyler Kyler Thackrell out of U, uh, Utah State. Um, I think I tweeted out if you. I love him as well. Be like the, yeah, I think he could be the Preston Smith of this class, maybe a guy that doesn't see a whole lot of uh, playing time, but you see a lot of production out of him year one. Just a, a, a big 6'5", you know, like 230, 240 type of player um, that I, he didn't see a lot of stats this year. I, he was pretty dinged up this year, uh, but a guy that's certainly going to collapse the edge, you know, People people always say edge bender. I like I like to say edge crusher because I th- when I go when I go crusher over bender that means I really like the guy and I think uh, I think he's going to be one of those edge crusher type of players and just a a player that's gonna gonna be uh, gonna be talked about for years and he's a guy I would like to see him play that outside linebacker role in Baltimore too because I think that defense is set up to feature that type of player and I think. With that type of size, I think he could do some dangerous things. So, just want to throw that out there on Fackrell. I think he's a he's a guy you certainly can get late in your IDP and uh, sit on for a year, and then hopefully roll the dice on him. Uh, you do you agree with the Preston Smith comparison? Kind of the bigger style. Absolutely, absolutely. He he's uh, high on both of our lists. Uh, he actually was fairly close to to cracking my top five. Um, I have him ranked as the seventh best linebacker. Period. So I'm I'm pretty high on on Fackrell as well. Okay, let's shift to the inside linebackers, Bill. Who do you have there at number five? At number five, there's a guy that I'm I'm kind of trying to make my mind up about. Um, again, I watched a little more film on him 
I had really hadn't watched any film on him until uh, until uh, preparing for this podcast. But Dominic Alexander out of Oklahoma, um, you know, I, I think he probably could have benefited from staying in college one more year. Uh, I'm not sure with the, with as deep as this class is. I'm not sure how well he'll be received um, by NFL teams, but I think his skill definitely translates, and I definitely think that he can contribute. Uh, he may end up having to do a year or two on special teams, um, but I think that uh, he's he's a quality NFL prospect. Uh, yeah, I like him a lot too. I I have him at number four, so I'll talk a little bit more about him. But uh, and I I just want to mention I think where this is a deep class. I think the you know the true kind of inside linebacker portion of this class might be uh, one of the one of the weaker parts of this defensive class. I just think. You know, we're going to bring up some names that you probably haven't heard or haven't watched film on. Like Bill said, he hasn't watched a whole lot of film on him prior to this. So um, that's, I just wanted to throw that out there. Number five, I have uh, Tyler Medikevich out of uh, uh, Temple. Temple's got a, three defensive prospects this year. Um, I, did, I forgot to mention when we talked about defensive tackles, but Matt Iadonis is another guy that you're going to see probably play a role for somebody next year. Tavon Young, the cornerback. These those three players are very good players. Uh, back to Medikevich, though, a little bit undersized for the inside linebacker role, but uh, kind of like Scooby Wright, has a lot of great instincts. I think Medikevich is a four-year starter, just just a slew of tackles. I I I think he's a team that, or he's a player that might be like a special teams player, but you know he he's kind of that that Ben Heaney player for Oakland. If if you like him or know know of him at all. I think he could certainly, and Haney, we saw a lot of good things out of last year, and I think some people are excited about him. When you have those shorter inside linebackers, you know, that that doesn't really concern me when they're short on the inside, because I think if as long as they're good laterally, even if they're not, you know, solid 40 times, as long as they're good laterally, that's going to translate well. And Medikevich is a guy that I see making, making a lot of tackles at the next level, even though he's he's so undersized there, so uh, who do you have at number four there, Bill? Number four, I have Antonio Morrison out of Florida. Um, I think that uh, he's got a high ceiling. He's a, he's a little bit of a project. Uh, very good form tackler. Um, not really the uh, the best in coverage, but a, a very good tackler. And and let's face it, the 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 base of IDP scoring is tackling. So I like to see guys that are that are good tacklers. So I think that uh, he has he has some upside there. Okay, number four, like I said earlier, Dominique Alexander. Um, I'm impressed with players that when I see them on the field, and then I see their their like their height and weight, it's like there's no way he's that small. I, when you see a player that plays bigger than he looks, that that really impresses me. And Alexander, you know, if I looked looked at him on the field, I'd say, oh, he's probably six three. You know, maybe maybe two thirty. 225. He's actually six foot 232 according according to what he loaded at the combine. So uh, he looks a little on the thin side, but uh, where he lacks maybe a little bit of bulk, I think he makes up with with just quickness. He wasn't um, he actually wasn't at the combine, but that was his official official weight. You know, after after the pre after the regular season there. So um, I would be interested to see what uh, kind of numbers he could produce in some of those skills, but uh, 
when you see him on film, he just uh, he sees the hole and he and he goes through it and he goes through it with a lot lot of power. So I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, he, like Bill said, he might have to cut his teeth right away as a special teams player. He reminds me a lot of uh, Rameek Wilson last year too, who's who still might not get a chance to play a whole lot this year for Kansas City, but a, a player that I'm still very excited about. So, uh, But, yeah, Alexander, just kind of that full throttle gap destroyer there in number four. Uh, who do you have at three there, Bill? At number three, you know, I almost didn't want to share this guy because he's one of my favorite players in this draft, and I, that's one of the downsides of, of doing you know shows like this and getting getting your your thoughts out there is that the leagues that you're in everybody's going to know who you're targeting, but I absolutely love Kentrell Brothers. I think that he is the type of guy that depending on landing spot could come in and contribute right away. Uh, he's a little bit of a tweener. He could play inside. He could play outside. Um, I just think he he's quick. He's fast. He's good laterally. He's to me one of the most well-rounded linebackers in this whole class. He may not have the sexy ceiling that some of these guys have, but uh, I look I look at Kentrell Brothers and I see a guy that would look awfully good on, on most of my IDP rosters. Uh, so glad you said that. He's he's a guy that I keep I feel like I don't hear enough about because you know he's not Reggie Raglan, but he's still he's still a phen- a phenomenal player and I was thrilled to get him in the rookie mock that I did the other day. Uh, number three, I have Antonio Morrison as well, um, a guy that could do the inside-outside thing as well. Uh, like Bill said, maybe not the best, maybe not the best tackler, but I think he's a guy that's gonna gonna find a home. And those those Florida defensive players are just quicker than they should be, and I think that's going to that's going to help him and not and not uh, not hinder him. I think it's gonna when you're quick like that and you make a mistake, you're able to make up for it while the play is still going. And I think that's, that's a thing that I've seen, I've seen out of Morrison on film. And I've I've been impressed with is the fact that he doesn't stop. If he, if he, if he messes up or gets knocked over, he'll get back up and still make the play. And I think Morrison is, is a guy that's going to, going to have a a nice home given the right team there. Um, Number two, who do you got there, Bill? Number two, to be fair, he's the one guy that I did include on both lists, and I think that's that's Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith is equally suited at at the inside position or the outside, in my opinion. Depending on what a team's needs are, he could step in and do either. Uh, He's a very high football IQ, uh, a good leader. Um, I I see him being able to do whatever the, uh, the NFL team that drafts him wants him to do. So I have him at number two for inside. Okay. Well... You cheated, but that's okay. I'll get, I'll get over it. Uh, number two, I got uh, <laughs> Kentrell Brothers. Uh, like I said, I don't know why we're not hearing anything about this guy. Um, I, he, he, people do think he's a little, uh, a little heavy, being six foot two forty five. Think people think he's got uh, maybe a little too much weight in the lower body, too much junk in the trunk, if you want to go there, I guess. But uh, just the film doesn't lie. The guy just makes plays, and he does it repeatedly. I mean. You look at guys like Shane Ray and Marcus Golden, the guys, the guys that played defensive end around him last year. They made plays because he was he was patrolling the middle and he was making things happen. And I, I, I yeah, I have no problem taking brothers uh, over over just about anybody not named uh, Smith, Jack, or Raglan in this draft. I just I think he's an exciting player and uh, a player that I that I getting a lot of tackles at the NFL level. And I think he's a guy 
that could be very good in a as a middle linebacker too, and not 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 going to be a guy that you want to uh, you know that's going to need help as a uh, as a as a inside linebacker in the three four. I think he could be in a four three and play that play that role right away. Where he might not be the best in coverage, I don't think he's going to kill you either. So, like brothers a lot. Uh, number one, who you got there? Uh, Reggie Raglan. Reggie Raglan and, and Miles Jack keep keep uh, going one and two in my I, – I, I'll wake up one morning and, and put Ragland at number one, and then I'll wake up the next morning and put Jack at number one. Uh, Reggie Ragland is going to be a guy that's going to be uh, exciting to watch. He's, he's very well-rounded, um, just a very, very safe pick. I mean, whatever, whatever NFL team selects Ragland, um, right now I currently have him going to the Rams in the middle of the draft. Uh, they're just not going to be disappointed. I think with them losing Laurinaitis and them, be, them, uh, them, uh, you know, sh- shooting Ogletree to the middle, I- I'd love to see them take Ragland and then, you know, work that out and figure out if if Ogletree is in fact the guy to, to have in the middle, or if Ragland's a guy that can develop to be that guy in the middle. But I just think he's he's one of the he's one of the safest picks out of any linebackers for me. He, in fact, he is the safest pick, I think, at linebacker, um, both in the, both from an NFL standpoint and an IDP standpoint. Yeah, very uh, former Alabama C.J. Mosley-like, uh, just the, the instincts this guy has. I mean, I, I don't – it doesn't matter where he goes. I think he could be very, very good. Um, you know, and people want to talk about his lack of – Lack of speed, lack of athleticism. You don't see that in the games. You just see him making tackles. I mean, that's all you really see. Um, I want to give my uh, my guy Jason uh, Arasalina credit. I think I butchered your last name. And his first name is James. Uh, James uh, Arasalina at the uh, Black Hole Banter Podcast. Who, you know, people people talk about his his flaws, but if he, if he's if he's the guy in a four excuse me in a three four. He's the linebacker that stays home and, and patrols the center of the field. I think he's going to be phenomenal. And, and James is the guy that said that first. I wanted to give props for that, but I, I totally agree. You know, he might not be a 3-4 or, excuse me, a 4-3 middle linebacker, but in, in the 3-4 where he's maybe the non-coverage linebacker in the, in the inside, uh, look out. I mean, who doesn't want this guy in their team right now? I mean, every every. I feel like I've seen him going to any team in mocks, no matter who they have at that position already. He's just a just a, a phenomenal talent, and just a guy that's going to laterally just destroy wherever he goes. So I I don't I don't care where he goes. I I, I want Raglan on my team, and I like I said before, I would take him right now, knowing what I know. I would take him over Jack if I was building my IDP team, just because I think you're going to see more consistent IDP stats on him because he's that guy that's going to make, you know, the six to nine tackles every single game. When maybe he's not getting, you know, three sacks every third game, but that's fine because he's still making those tackles and maybe, maybe causing some fumbles up the middle. So yeah, love, love let Reichland. I could not, could not be higher on this guy. Um, anybody you didn't rank there, Bill, that you wanted to mention? Well, before I hit that, I have a quick question for you. So, Ragland, where do you put him for for rookie drafts? Okay, so you, you know you've got you've got uh, 
you know, your first, your second, your third round picks, where, where's the earliest you would select him in a rookie draft? Because I think it's important for your listeners because sure. this is where it gets complicated with IDP. It gets very complicated. Where do you insert these guys? And I think it's very important to know, you know, do you take the, the, the 11th wide receiver or do you take the number one or number two linebacker? For me personally, mm-hmm. I think Ragland's worth a late first, early second round pick, but I'm curious what mm-hmm. your thoughts are. Um, well, I took Eric Kendricks in the early second last year in a league, so I, I don't need to take Ragland this year, but, uh, uh, but I would have no problem. If, if I needed that position, I would have no problem taking him. Like you said, maybe the last couple picks for the first or early second. Um, that being said, I would maybe wait till somebody takes Miles Jack. Jack's going to go before him, and when you know, we're like we're both in DFW thirty six, where there's three copies of each player. Uh, I think when somebody takes Jack, the the Jack copies are going to come off of the board, and people might, you know, I mean, I know that everybody in that league is smart, but I just I think, and maybe they're hearing me now, and they're going to going to trump me here, but I just, I yeah, I I would wait till that Jack that Jack falls first and then I would, then I would, then I would consider Reichland. I think, cause I think you can, I think you have that ability to do so this year. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But uh, and if you need a middle linebacker, don't wait, don't wait up. So I drafted way too many linebackers in one league last year. So I don't really have to think about that, but if I see him at the end of the second, why not? Why not? Uh, why not have that, that backup plan? You know, I, I've got a team where I have Kendrick's, and uh, and Denzel Perryman, so I don't, I don't need a Reggie Ragland, but if if he's there and I see the value, right. why not? Well, one guy I like uh, in this draft, and again, back to my kind of love of high football IQ leader type uh, players, is Blake Martinez out of Stanford. Uh, Blake Martinez, again, has a high football IQ. I think he's a very, very good tackler. Um, last year, I, I had to double-check this stat because he he had 141 tackles last year. Um, six passes defended and an interception. So he's productive on the field. Um, I think that, that uh, he's another one of those guys that's probably going to have to go make a name for himself on special teams, um, show show what he can do. But I like Blake Martinez out of Stanford. Um, I like Martinez a lot too. Um, and I, again, like I said, I had to, I forced myself to make decisions in some of these players and, both of these guys I actually talked about on the podcast over the last two weeks. I did a kind of a profile on both of them. Uh, but it's uh, Devondre Campbell out of Minnesota and Montez Overton out of East Carolina. Um, now, I know Zeke Bieger is the middle linebacker there at uh, at uh, East Carolina, but uh, and Overton technically plays outside. But I think he's a guy, if you let him play inside, would – would be just a nightmare for guards and uh, offensive centers because of the speed and the fact that he's kind of has that center frame and could just bust things up. And I, I've, I've seen so many mock drafts, seven round mock drafts where this guy's not even getting drafted. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy that you don't even have to draft in your rookie draft, but I think he's a name, a name that you need to remember. If you see a team sign him or you see that he's not cut from a team, you need to remember where he is because and he might be a sub-package special teams player right away, but I think he's a guy that tends uh, stands a chance to, to if he gets the right opportunity to be to be a very good player and an IDP worthy player. Uh, Devondre Campbell, a guy that played inside and outside at the University of Minnesota, um, just a whole 
lot of quickness out of this guy and, and great instincts too. Not, you know, I think he list technically listed at, um, um, you know, in the two forty range, six, six, three, six, four type of player, but he, he ran a sub four, six forty. So, uh, not only can he, you know, make the play, but he can chase down the play. Um, I would like to see him maybe get in the backfield a little bit more and make some, make some tackles for losses. Uh, cause he does tend to kind of wait and watch that play develop before he, before he makes a move, but, uh, nobody runs by him, but that's for sure. So another same type of player like Overton, where he might have to cut his teeth on the special teams or a sub package type of player, but I, I really like Campbell there too. And um, he's a guy that I would certainly consider very late if I needed some linebacker depth there. Man, you got me thinking, Bill. I really don't need any linebackers on my IDP team, but, <laughs> and that kind of sucks because I love this. I love this. Uh, love this class. But uh, well, and, and that, when you that's got one of those where you, Jerry, you sometimes you, you know if you have say, say you are stacked at linebacker and you see the value there. Sometimes I would be prone to take somebody like Raglan and then maybe try to flip one of your stud linebackers for a future pick or for, or for a wide receiver upgrade or, you know, it's all about relative value. So, you know, yeah. rather than a speculative wide receiver four, I, I'll take the stud linebacker and then I'll flip one of my linebackers, you know, for a solid wide receiver three or, you know, the, I mean, it, mm-hmm. again, it's a, it's a game you play, but sometimes mm-hmm. you have to kind of do, you have to take the best player available because it's going to give you more draft capital in the future. Yeah. And that's a very good point where I see, Kendricks is obviously a safer pr- uh, product than uh, Raglan or or Perryman. If you know if if there's somebody in my league that is absolutely in love with Denzel Perryman and where he had some really great games last year, he wasn't able to put it together for the whole season, but they're willing to overpay for Perryman right now. Yeah, you can have him. There you go. Absolutely. As long as you're yeah. giving me, you know, like you said, draft capital back. The I'll, value I'll that you want, right? Yeah. Um, moving on to safety. Getting to the getting to the real the real sexy positions. I think I think DBs are maybe some of the best athletes in the world. I you know people want to give these wide receivers all the credit, um, and I played wide receiver when I played football. But anyway, these DBs, you talk about how elegant and and uh, smooth some of these wide receivers are, and how well they can jump. These DBs have to do the exact opposite of what they do, and they don't know what these guys wide receivers are going to do before they do it. And, you, yeah, you see them get beat once or twice in the game, but they I think they're the real true athletes. But, anyway, I'm done talking about them. Uh, what do you got for number five safety, Bill? Well, I, I will tack on what you're saying. I've been playing IDP now. This will be my sixth season, and this is by far the best defensive back class that I've seen the entire time I've been playing IDP. So I agree that this this defensive back class – is super deep and they've got some, some crazy athletes. So I, I think when we look back on this uh, defensive back class, we're going to, to uh, hold it in very high regard at number, at number five uh, for cornerback or uh, for safety. safety. Uh, for number five at safety, um, I have, uh, you know, again, it, this depends on if he gets the safety designation. Eric Stryker um, is a guy that I think could be productive at the safety position. Um, you know, I have him and, and, and Vernon Hargraves uh, pretty much neck and neck um, as far as DBs overall. But as far as specific safety, I think Eric Stryker could go in 
and uh, and and play probably a free safety position right out of the gate um, and, and be be productive. In fact, he might that might be his better fit uh, in the NFL uh, long term. Okay, uh, number five, I got uh, uh, Keanu Neal out of Florida. Um, just a guy that is a just a great tackler, and and when you see you guys see guys make um, tackle after tackle with such uh, such repetition and flow, and just kind of make it look like, yep, that's what I meant to do every single time. I I just come away impressed. Um, I know there are some teams that would be willing to roll the dice on him as late and the late first. So I uh, that you know that, that I think that gives him. Some pretty some pretty high regard there too, considering some of the other DBs in this class. But just just a really solid player that's going to I think make a lot of tackles. Maybe not create a lot of turnovers. Maybe not the sexy IDP play, but in terms of consistent production week to week, I think you're going to see a lot of that out of Neil there. Who do you have at number four there? At number four, I have uh, Darian Thompson. Uh, I think that Darian Thompson is is a guy that. Uh, He's a ball hawk. You know, he has a nose for the ball. He's, he had 19 uh, career interceptions, all-time leader at Boise State. He's a guy that can go out there and play center field for you, and I think and I think do very very well. So I like Darian Thompson out of Boise State. Uh yeah, I, I agree. He can play center field, play that single high safety. Um, but I also think he can. He could be he could be an in the box safety, but he has the speed to come from that free safety position and make the make the play and you know rather than a play that's going to gain you know ten or fifteen yards, he's going to get it's going to make that play and stop it for like a three or four yard gain. I I see just phenomenal speed when he sees the play happen or when he sees it's a it's a short pass. You see him, boom, right there from no matter where he is on the field, he just comes through and makes the play. Um, oh, I cannot remember. They're one of their – maybe it was against Utah State. They played They played Utah State, one of one of the films I watched in him, and it was a it was a terrible game. I mean, nobody played defense at all. But you, And it, I think, you know, the combined score was like in the 90s or something like that. But just go watch that film. I'm pretty sure it's on draft breakdown of Darian Thompson. You see him make some plays and where the, you know, the defense is just that great as a whole. And I think it's even from 2014, but you just see even in that type of game when this defense is getting burned time and time again, he's continues to make plays. And uh, I, I would not be surprised if we see anybody take this team or take this guy like the, in the after after maybe pick twenty, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him fall off the board. You know, a couple of years ago we were super surprised when we saw uh, Dayon Buchanan go into the late twenties and Jimmy Ward as well. Obviously, their careers have taken a little bit different paths, but I will not be surprised to see a guy like this go in the late first. And I think he's a guy that's like you said, he's a he's a playmaker. He's gonna he's gonna make some interceptions. He's gonna make a lot of tackles too. I, I love Darian Thompson out of Boise State. Um, who do you have at number four there, Bill? Uh, number three. I'm sorry, yeah, number yeah, three. Four, number three, uh, I have to give you credit. You turned me on to this guy. I had not watched any film until you told me to go t- to check him out, and that's Miles Killebrew um, from a smaller school, Southern Utah. Um, man, 6'1", 219. This guy is big, and he hits hard. 
uh, his film is, is crazy good. Um, I moved him way up my board. I had him, I had him 10, 12 spots lower after watching film and, and reading some, uh, uh, some, uh, draft speak about him. Um, I moved him way up on my board. So miles Killebrew out of Southern Utah is my number three. Um, I don't, I don't have Killebrew in my top five. And I think I, as I'm still, I'm still high in him, but I'm a little bit down on him right now because I, I think he's going to be a, and I think he's going to be a linebacker at the next level. I just don't know if the covered skills are there for him, um, but that's not necessarily going to hurt his IDP. I just I just couldn't throw him in my top five anywhere because I'm just not sure. But I did I did write him down as my wild card player, so we'll we'll see where he ends up there at the safety position. Um, number three, I have J. Ron Curse out of uh, Clemson. Huge talent, bigger than bigger than any. Uh, Safety should be at six five, um, but he can play that strong safety role, and he's a guy that I don't have any problem putting up against uh, smaller slot receivers if he needs to match up against him at the line of scrimmage. Sure, he might get burned a couple times here and there, but I think as time rolls on, he's just going to out physical players. If you let him get up there and play press coverage against against wide receivers, I think it's going to be very 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 good for him because he's so big and he can, he has those long arms that can, that can just get that press coverage and make it hard for that wide receiver to get, get free and go on, go on about their roots. So I, I love Chris. And I also think he's a guy that can make a lot of tackles in the box safety. So I, I'm very excited about Chris. I would love, love to see him go to Oakland to, if, if I had my choice, but, uh, and he's a player that's kind of slipping in a lot of mocks, I see. So maybe somebody can get him in the third round. Um, as far as, you know, IDP, if you're safety, needy, you, I, th- I think you can start thinking about third round, too, when you're at rookie drafts there. Who do you have at number two there, Bill? At number two, I have the consensus number one guy, and that's Jalen Ramsey. And to be quite honest with you, this is this is the, the point where I get very uh, honed in at position where if he's designated as a cornerback and a team drafts him to play corner, um, I won't draft him. Um, I think that he'll be probably one of the best corners we've seen in a while if that's his natural position and where they put him. And I think even after, even in season one, I, I don't think that uh, quarterbacks are going to throw his way. He's got very, very great fluidity, natural coverage skills. Um, he's a fantastic athlete and and just amazing player he's everyone's consensus one but because of the fact that i really think he's going to get drafted as a corner i have him as my number two guy and uh, again unless it's a corner required league um i just don't see the idp upside there uh he's another one of those players i had to make a decision about and i, I decided on he was going to be a corner so we'll, we'll talk about that in a second um number two i have carl joseph uh guy that missed much of the season uh, after tearing a knee. So there's definitely uh, a a lot of concern there. But, man, this guy is a hitter. You talk about uh, Killebrew. I think Joseph is right there. And I think his stock is down a little bit because of the injury. And I think if it wasn't because of the injury, he would be – I think he would be a first – a surefire pick after, you know, between like pick 20 and 32 or 31. I I think he's – a guy that's going to be uh, in the box. He's the closest thing I've seen from this class to a, to a Landon Collins. So um, I know you know how much I respect my boy, my boy, boy Landon Collins, Bill. So if if somebody comes remotely close to that, I'm very excited about him. um, 
because I'm such a great drafter, I really don't need a lot of safeties either, but I, I would certainly consider pulling the trigger on Joseph and flipping one of my veterans so I could make room for him. I love this kid. Not a lot of film out there because of the injury, but geez, I think he had four interceptions in five games before the injury. So he's not only a guy that can make tackles, but he's a guy that can make plays in the passing game too there. So number two, Carl Joseph. And my number one guy, he's kind of a planter flag guy. He's a guy that uh, I'm probably the only person I know that has him at number one, but Jeremy Cash. Jeremy Cash is an exciting prospect to me. He has 10.5-inch hands. His arms are lanky at 32 and 3.8-inch arms. He was a a scholar athlete, uh, very, very high uh, IQ, uh, kind of a T.J. Ward type of guy. Very, very physical, um, the type of guy that, uh, you know, you can move down in the box and punish people, Six foot two twelve, great closing speed, great against the run. Um, he's, he's been criticized a little bit for having tight hips and not being able to move in and out of breaks. Um, you know, I'm really curious to see what NFL teams think about him as far as that goes, as far as his coverage skills. But I really think from an IDP standpoint, uh, Jeremy Cash has that kind of uh, that hybrid feel that we're starting to see with, with some of these guys, you know, a la Dion Buchanan. And it seems to be kind of a sexy move to get these, these guys that are tweeners that are fast but big enough to go in and thump down in the box. And I just think Jeremy Cash is going to be an outstanding NFL player and an outstanding IDP contributor. Yeah, I struggle with Cash because – I don't see the coverage skills there, so I think he might be that somewhat of a liability there. But like six foot two twelve, I mean, are you putting him at weak side linebacker in the NFL? Uh, I mean, it's it's all up to it's it's all up to what uh, you know what NFL uh, GMs want to do. Uh, you know, I just think that based on what I saw on film, he can come up and and uh, and play in the box quite a bit. Um, I, I just think that the guy. Uh, has incredible high ceiling as far as tackles go, being able to, to uh, break on, on, uh, on tight ends and, and uh, running backs coming out of the, out of the backfield. Um, he definitely is going to be a guy that uh, will probably have to start out in sub packages um, and have to see how his coverage skills are. But I just really mm-hmm. think that he's going to be a, 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 an exciting player. Mm-hmm. Well, and I should preface that word you just don't see him asked to cover anybody really. And when you watch film on him, I mean, I haven't sat down and watched all of Duke's games, but when you watch film, he he'll drop back a kind of like a zone, but he never matches right. up with anybody man to man, which, which is, which makes concerns me when, when he's not doing that at the college level. So, you know, you know right. maybe he's, maybe he's going to be an all around beast, but I also, I also worry if he's trying to match up with like a tight end, if he's going to, if he's going to be able to win that size battle being just six feet tall. So, um, number one, and this is again, a point where I had to make a decision, uh, as to where this player was going to go. And then this is good. This, this, you know, you can discredit me all you want. Anybody out there, you know, yell at me on Twitter, please talk me on Twitter. I would love it. Um, but I never, my number one safety, I have Sue Cravens out of, USC, and I know that's crazy because he mostly played outside linebacker at college. Uh, but you want to talk about closing speed or the ability to give chase? I mean, you see this guy lined up at outside linebacker on one side of the field, drop back into coverage, and make the play on the far sideline. I mean, he—I don't know. 
you know, what his official 40 time is or whatnot, but, and he's not an A plus tackler, but when you run with as much speed as he has, you're going to knock people down. I mean, it just, it just happens. And he's a guy that's not, I don't think he's going to lack anything coverage skill wise. So he's a guy that I would feel comfortable uh, playing safety, but you know, he's a guy that you can have creep up to, you know, some people say, why do you take, you know, these outside linebackers and move them back to safety when they're already phenomenal tacklers? He's not a phenomenal tackler right now. He's a good tackler. He's not a great tackler. So I I think that's why I would push him back, but he has the skills to play all, all around the field and you can, you know, creep him up if you need, if you need more bodies there in the box because you're reading the, reading the offense. Um, you know, and I think wherever he goes to the public, they play a, a a, a mesh of both those positions, um, and I wouldn't, you know, would not hesitate to play him as you know, like the the center field middle linebacker in a, in a uh, nickel scheme either. I I just really like Sue Cravens and where, you know, some people struggle to see where the IDP stats are going to come from because he doesn't, he might not have a f- official position. I think he's gonna, I think it's going to translate quite well for him, and where he's not the big wild sexy player. At the college level, I just think it's – I think your that position change, if, if it happens, is going to be huge for him. Uh, any, any thoughts there on Sue Cravensville? I know you haven't mentioned him. Well, I, I'll probably – as soon as we hang up, I'll probably start the Twitter stalking on, on, on Sue Cravens. Uh, I just don't <laughs> see it. Uh, kind of like, you you know, it's funny. This is the first time that we've kind of been at polar ends of the spectrum because you're not really vibing my cash pick, and I'm really not vibing mm-hmm. the Cravens pick. Um, I, what I see when I watch film, uh, I'll, I'll draw a basketball analogy. There's guys that they're always diving on the floor, but they're never really stealing the ball or doing anything, but they look active and they look like they're involved. To me, Cravens is that type of player. He's at, he's always moving and he's always athletic and he's, he looks great like a gazelle when he's running. I just don't see the impact. I don't see the disruptiveness. I don't see, uh, game breaking plays. Um, I just, to me, if, if, if an NFL team can find the right fit for him, I certainly think that he could be an exciting player with his athleticism. He, he's one of those combine darlings um, that, uh, you know, Daniel Hunter's a guy that comes to mind, not the same position, but a guy that, you know, I want on my teams because of the athleticism. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a good defensive end, but, you know, I, I want the upside. So Cravens might be that type of player where there's that upside, but I just don't see it translating um, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where the, the peg's going to fit, you know, you, you, you it's going to have to fit somewhere. And I just don't, I just don't quite see it. Okay. I, I, I agree with you there actually on a lot of those statements, but I think that's because he's been playing outside linebacker position. I think if you push him back a little bit further, he has that ability to, to, to make up for it. So I, I think, I think we could see some good things out of Cravens. Um, back to the cornerback position, the real, the real guys, the real sexy players, maybe not IDP sexy, but these are, as far as I'm concerned, these are the true athletes on the field. Um, Oh, is there any safeties that you wanted to mention first before we go forward? Actually, yeah, there's one guy that I that I really like, uh, Michael Caputo out of Wisconsin. I don't have have him ranked very highly. I have him currently as my 21st DB, but I watched a little bit of film on him last week. Um, again, he fits the build of the guys that I like. Great leader, um, well respected, kind of a 
kind of a captain type guy. He's very aggressive, quick to react. Um, I kind of, I'm, I'm curious if he's going to get drafted. If he does, I'm going to definitely keep an eye on him. Um, maybe not quite yet a roster stash, but a guy that I'll certainly have on a watch list. Um, um, like I said earlier, my, my, my wild card guy here was Miles Kilbrew. I'm just not sure where he's going to be slated in the NFL. That's why I couldn't work him in any of my top fives. And, but if he's a linebacker, that's not going to hurt his IDP of values as far as I'm concerned. So, um, uh, I just I worry about the coverage skills there too with him, so that's why I couldn't couldn't even work him into the safety realm. But I, I I like him, and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna doubt the fact that this kid can hit. That's for sure. Um, who is your number five quarterback, Bill? You know this this was a good exercise for me because I don't I'm in two corner required leagues, and I'll be honest with you, it's probably my weakest point as far as. Uh, speculation and really kind of analyzing. Um, so I was really forced to kind of take a hard look at uh, the corners in this draft. And at number five, um, I have a guy that I think could easily move up a couple spots depending on where he's drafted. But my number five guy is Eli Apple out of out of Ohio State. Um, 6'1", 200 pounds, good footwork. Um, you know, in today's NFL, you know, six foot, six one. You know, 190 to 205, it's kind of ideal position. Um, you, you want him big but not too big. Um, and I just think he kind of fits the prototypical uh, cornerback um, build from what I see. So I really like Eli Apple. Yeah, I, I like Apple a lot too. I actually have him ranked a little bit higher. But uh, uh, number five, I have William Jackson the third out of Houston. Uh, easily the best cornerback to come out of Houston. <laughs> Take that, DJ. <laughs> but uh, uh, this this kid is fast. I mean, he might be might be considered a combine darling to a lot of people, but um, when you have that kind of quickness at this cornerback position, you can, like I said earlier with Antonio Morrison, you can make up and I make up for things. And I know this is the NFL and receivers are pretty pretty damn good too but uh jackson also has size too where he could he could press and jam wide receivers and i think you know no matter what kind of scheme you run whether you were doing the doing the press or or the zone or man-to-man that type of thing i think he can do it all and i mean even even in the kind of zone off coverage with that type of ability he has he's gonna he's gonna stop things from from happening he's gonna make some big some big third down you know plays i think moving forward so i really like william jackson the third there uh who do you have at number four number four i have mackenzie alexander out of clemson get from an idp standpoint sometimes it's good to target corners that are good but not great guys that you know they're good they have a good chance of having a starting position right out of the gate, but they're not necessarily going to be uh, superstars in coverage. And I see, I see Mackenzie Alexander as that type of guy. Um, I see him having the potential to start as the number two corner for some teams. Um, and he's going to be a guy that better quarterbacks are going to target. And you're probably going to get some good IDP stats out of him because of the fact that he's not going to be super polished coming out. So um, I like him as a, as a prospect. I think he's a guy that'll get better uh, as time goes on. Um, but Mackenzie Alexander out of Clemson is my number four. Okay. Um, and the the big thing with Alexander, no interceptions at the college level, none, zero. So that's kind of, that makes him kind of a, a little bit of a hard sell. 
but uh, I I I do like him too. Um, number four, I got Eli Apple. Like you said, uh, the size and and the ability. I just he's not you know he's not the fastest. He's not the the strongest tackler by any means, but he's got he's got the size and it, it helps him match up with with great players. I I know I kind of keep coming back to it, but maybe because it's the Big Ten and there's not a lot of awesome wide receivers that come out of there. But when when you think of a guy that Eli Apple that got to match up with you know Michael Thomas every single day in practice, uh, you, you know he they they probably had some pretty damn good battles there at Ohio State, and I, and I would love to see some of them. But I think he's a guy where you where he he has the potential to move up and, and possibly be a shutdown corner because he has the ability and the size to go up against a big wide receiver ones. And if even if he gets even if he gives up a few here and there, he's gonna it's gonna make him better in the long run there. So that's why I got Eli Apple there at number four. Who do you have at number three, Bill? At number three, I have DeAndre Hall out of Northern Iowa. Uh, he's got long arms. He's a conference defensive player of the year. Again, he's, he fits the mold of the guys that I like as far as good leadership, well-respected on the team, uh, a good kid. Uh, DeAndre Hall out of Northern Iowa is my number three. Okay. Yeah, super, super fast, too, for that kid. Um, I have Mackenzie Alexander at number three. Um, I – would like to, like Bill said, I would love to see him, you know, as a, as that cornerback number two, because he's a guy that might get a little bit picked on and he'll be forced to make plays. You know, we talked no interceptions with him, but when you're the number one quarterback, you know, maybe you're not getting as many passes thrown your way. So that's going to lessen, lessen your chances there. But, uh, you know, and I know ball skills aren't necessarily his forte either. That's probably why he's playing on the defensive side of the ball. But just just a great athlete, and I think he 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 moves so well, and he's one of the one of the few guys that I at the college level that I'm impressed with with their backpedal out of the corner position, and maybe maybe that's maybe that's too bold of a statement for me uh, for for me, or maybe I'm looking at that too much. But when you when you have the ability to do that backpedal and then turn and run, I think I think that's going to translate well for him, and I think he's. He has a lot of ability that's going to going to help him make make plays, even if he's not making the interception, so to speak. There, so that's why I got Mackenzie Alexander at number three. Who do you have at number two, Bill? Number two, I have Vernon Hargreaves. Um, he looked great on film. Uh, again, I'm not the best evaluator at the corner position, but in watching film on the the top ten guys, uh, he looked the part to me. He looked very good in coverage, very, very good moving in and out laterally. Uh, his hips seemed fluid. Uh, he looked, he just looked the part of a corner. Uh, he, he just had the movement, um, the fluidity. Um, he just looked really good on tape to me. So I have him as my number two, Vernon Hargraves. Uh, I also have him at, uh, number two. Yeah, there's, it's, you know, it's, it's one thing to watch film on him, on a guy and, like you said, we're not elite cornerback uh, evaluators. We wouldn't, you know, we would be working for an NFL team if that was the case. But I, I almost feel like I respect Hargreaves better when you watch, like if you watch him and then go watch somebody else, even if it's like, you know, the next play you have down in your list, then you start to see some things out of Hargreaves that you think, oh, okay, you know, he was able to do this and this guy wasn't. 
no matter no matter who it is, even if it's you know Alexander or, or a guy like Hall that you're very high on. So I I I think he's he has you know shut down corner all over written all over him for a very long time. I, I think that about Apple and Alexander too that they could develop into that, but I think Hargreaves could be that right away, and that actually might hurt his IDP numbers because people will exactly. respect him. And I have a hard time putting him putting him very high on any of my IDP rankings, even in the even in the top seventy five offensive defenses, because you just don't know how much he's going to get tested because he is so good. And um, yeah, the the landing spot will be big there. You know, geez, if he's opposite a, a really really good corner, then he's probably not going to end up on that team, obviously, because he's going to get drafted to be the number one guy. And um, you know, if, especially if he goes to a team that's he's going to go and probably in the top ten picks, he's going to potentially go to a team that's not going to be very good. And not only are they're not going to throw at him, this team, you know, the team that he plays on is going to have, see their, you know, that 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 defense is going to see a lot more rushing than passing because you know they'll they'll be they'll be behind in the game. So that's certainly could lessen his chances too there. But the the player he is makes him my number 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 two quarterback there. So who do you have at number one, Bill? I have no idea who it is, by the way. Well, at number one, I cheated again. So I I, uh, uh, I double dipped with Jalen Ramsey, and I just really the more <clears throat> the more we talk about it, I, I do believe he's going to get the corner distinction and designation. Um, he's a phenomenal athlete. I think he's better suited to be a corner than a safety. Um, and and if that's the fa- if that is the case, again, I think it just shoots his IDP value all the heck. Um, you know, he's he's probably the best all around athlete on the defensive side of the ball, um, most likely. And, and as such, you know, deserves the number one, uh, ranking for, for corner. Uh, yeah, I actually have him number one too. And, you know, my line of thinking is if he can play corner, but he played safety, but he can be a number one corner. Why would you not do that? I mean, why would you not? I mean, you're drafting him because you need him. You, you probably and you maybe need both of those positions, and obviously that does hurt his IDP numbers. But geez, you know, think of Cleveland took him at two, and Joe Hayden somewhat returns to form. You know, maybe we could see some good IDP stats out of him. I, I like I said before we got started, though, I'm a I'm a firm believer that you could find a cornerback on the waiver wire every week to start for your team, and and he'll and he'll score decent decent points if you look at the the correct matchup. You know. Chances are you're going to hit more times than not doing that. Um, if he's going to be if he's going to be a safety, I think I shoot him right at my IDP board because I, I think he's a great tackler too. Which you know we've seen some some of these great cornerbacks come in the league like a Deion Sanders who yeah they were great coverage, but if he gave up the if he gave up a catch, he wasn't going to tackle the guy at all. I mean, Deion's probably Deion's we said it before in the podcast, but Deion's probably the worst tackler in the pro football. Hall of Fame, you know, that's not a quarterback. I mean, he couldn't tackle at all. That's not the case with Ramsey. I mean, he's a, a bolt of lightning. He can play all six positions, which actually is another reason I would consider. If he gets that that number one designation, or that cornerback designation, but a team like maybe moves him around a little bit, but he still stays with that cornerback designation, he's a guy that can play in any of those defensive back positions, um, and I would 
strongly consider using him at weak side linebacker, even if I needed to be, you know, on, on not, not all game long, obviously, but plays here and there because he has the ability to, you know, and the speed to maybe get up there and rush the passer too. So, you know, he has the ability now to play corner. So why wouldn't you do that? He reminds me a whole lot of Charles Woodson, actually, even though he doesn't get the shot that wide receiver that Woodson did in college, but let him play corner and then let him develop into just a stud safety down the road when he's maybe lost a little bit of a step. So Ramsey is a guy that One thing that I will say about Ramsey uh, reminds me a little bit of Byron Jones last year. And the, the main difference, however, is that Byron Jones, uh, you were able to get him cheap and late in drafts. Um, the one problem I have with Jalen Ramsey is he's going, in my opinion, he's going to be overdrafted IDP-wise. There are going to be people that reach and take him probably in the second round of rookie drafts, regardless of whether he's a corner or a, or a safety, just based on athleticism, based on height, based on um, you know what people are saying about him. And I just, for me personally, it's too rich for my blood. Where, where I think he's going to go based in the draft, uh, rookie draft, I just it's too much of a reach for me. So I just don't see the value. I see the athleticism. I agree with you 100%. He's one of the best athletes in this draft. He could play anywhere. Uh, you know, a good defensive coach would have a field day with him, uh, scheming and putting him in packages and, you know, rushing him off the edge to get at the quarterback. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could do, just like a, you know, like a kid in a, in a toy box, you know. Um, I, I agree with all of that you're saying. I just think from an IDP standpoint, from a rookie draft standpoint, you're going to have to pay way too much to get him. So I'd let somebody else reach. Okay. Um, any anybody out there that you didn't have in your top five that you want to throw out there for us? Um, you know, from a corner standpoint, as I said, I don't really, I don't really go too deep. Um, one guy that I did look at on film that looked pretty impressive was Harry and Miller out of Southeast Louisiana. He was an intriguing guy. Uh, he's a little thin. Man, he was all—he was really, really fast in and out of his breaks. Good fluid hips. Um, seemed to seem to be a, a pretty good form tackler. So he's a guy that was interesting to me. I'll kind of out of the corner of my eye see where he lands. Harlan Miller out of Southeast Louisiana. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to talk about Sean Davis, and I think he's maybe a little undersized to play safety. So I think he might get the corners that designation. But I think that really says something about his athleticism if a team lets him play corner. Um, but I also think because he's maybe a, a little bit uh, smaller, he could get picked on too. Uh, this guy tested off of the charts at the combine. I mean, he is, he's everything you want your DB to be. He, he Except maybe, maybe he's not the, the best tackler of the bunch, but um, and if he's a safety somewhere, I am jumping all over him and I'll try not to make it too early and, because hopefully people aren't aren't listening to this portion of the podcast, but uh, he <laughs> he just has so much ability and athleticism, and uh, I mean I I would say maybe like a poor man's uh, excuse me a poor man's Ramsey just because uh, he is six one so he's not you know super small uh, but I think because of the the speed and whatnot people want to want to think that he's not quite there had the four had a sub the four four excuse me four four six forty time um and six six point six four in the three cone just a just a really 
exceptional athlete. And like I said, if he's safety, if he's a safety somewhere, there is no reason to not to not pull the trigger on him in the third round of your rookie drafts. Um, even if he's going to be a backup, let let him sit on your let him sit on your bench for a year because he has so much ability, and I think you're going to absolutely uh, love what he uh, what he can do for you down the road. I, I love Sean Davis out of Maryland. Just just a player that I want on my team no, no matter what. And if uh, maybe not maybe not no matter what, maybe not a second round pick, but third round pick most definitely. I love. Love Sean Davis. What did you say his uh, three cone I mean, was? His three cone was uh, six, what, six, six six four. Wow, that's fast. That is that is quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and this is this is an IDP show, but you know the three cone I cannot get over is uh, Devin. I can't even say his last name. The wide receiver from Stanford, Devin Kachuski, or something like that. Right. He was like. He was like six four nine, and that guy's like six three. I mean, how did he even do that? Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, love love me some Sean Davis. But anyway, sorry about the wide receiver draft there. Uh, any thoughts here? We got through all the positions, Bill. We did it. Any closing thoughts there on this class, maybe? Well, I will uh, just kind of repeat a couple quick things that I said. In that, when you're preparing for your rookie drafts, really take time to think about where you're going to insert your IDP uh, prospects. Don't reach on that wide receiver that you're not quite sure about that's buried on the depth chart, and he's the wide receiver five for somebody that may or may not end up getting some playing time in one to three years. When you can take uh, a rock-solid starting safety or a a good up-and-coming linebacker or an edge rusher that, that has an incredible ceiling, really think about that in terms of of uh, where you put uh, these players, you know, the people that took Landon Collins in the third, late third round, uh, the people that took Ziggy Ansa a few years ago in the late third round, uh, people that, that uh, are taking these IDP prospects, they're reaping the benefits instead of reaching on uh, offensive guys that, you know, the Darren Wallers of the world and people that aren't, aren't necessarily going to ever make it. So really put some thought into where you're going to slot these IDP guys into your rookie drafts and don't be afraid to go IDP uh, instead of, instead of the offensive side of the ball. And, and the last thing is look at the value. So keep your eye on, on, uh, on ADP, keep your eye on where guys are going and, and make sure that you're timing it and maximizing your value. As I said, there's two guys that I'm really high on uh, Jeremy cash and DeForest Buckner neither one of them is, is consensus top guys at their position. So I'm really looking to place them relative to, to the uh, average draft position as far as where I acquire them. And that's where you gain the value. When you pick these guys in, in the third and the fourth round and you stash them and then they explode and they're top 12 at their position, that's when you start building a dynasty. That's when your rosters start um, really, really expanding to where – uh, you're, you're super deep at position. So really, really look at ADP and, and, and kind of game plan and strategize where you're going to take guys so that you're maximizing your value. Um, and the, I'm sorry, one more thing, the last thing, do not trade your rookie picks now. Uh, there's still 30 days. Your rookie picks are, are not going to be as valuable today as they are the week before or the day of or day before the draft. 
Um, I, I made that mistake early on in, in uh, dynasty football of just kind of letting picks go and adding picks on when, when guys would ask to at me to add a pick on to, to, uh, to uh, sweeten a deal. And I just thought, Oh, it's no big deal. It's a pick. Well, these picks can be huge. So really, really uh, hold on to those picks, value those picks. And, and if you do want to shop them, shop them, you know, as the, as the draft gets close. One of my favorite things to do is shop uh, a pick for the next year's earlier pick. So I'll shop, I'll, I'll trade the 210 for a, a first next year. I'll trade the 306 for a second next year. Um, don't fall in love with a guy just because he's going to fall at 306 when you can trade that 306 for a 2017 second. You should pull that trigger every single time. So be willing to do that as well. That's 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 all I got. No, and to to further your point, um, two guys that I know went in the fifth rounds of, of of a bunch of leagues that I'm in rookie drafts last year uh, were Stefan Diggs and Denzel Perryman, and you know I I know for a fact that somebody I tr- I offered somebody two first for Stefan Diggs during the during the season last year, and they turned it down. I haven't been offered that for Denzel Perryman myself, but those are those are the types of players that you know you could potentially get in the fifth round. And if if you believe you know believe in a player and you you know you have enough confidence in yourself to to to, to wait until that time to take those type of guys, uh, you could certainly reap the benefits. Obviously, you know those are those are few and far between, but uh, you know they they happen. Those those are cases from both sides of the ball. Uh, last year, and I mean, I, I think Stefan Diggs, where he might not be the the best wide receiver ever, I think he's certainly going to be a very good wide receiver moving forward. And there's a lot of potential there with Denzel Perryman as well. So, especially like built yeah, rel- IDP formats. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, rel- relative to draft capital as well. You know, as I said, your team, you can't you can't fall in love with your players. It, it's you're constantly you have to be trying to improve your teams each and every. Uh, each and every day that you wake up and look at your roster, what can I do to make this team better than it was yesterday? And and you need to look at your players as widgets. It's it's about draft capital. If you can trade a second for a first next year, if you can trade, you know, a, a, a cash in on a player that sh- showed flashes that you know his his value right now is it's never going to be higher. Um, you need to do those things, even though you get may get emotionally tied to to the guys that. That, you know, the Lamar Miller, oh, now he's going to have a great opportunity. Well, guess what? I'm trying to sell every share of Lamar Miller that I have right now. His value is never going to be higher than it is right this second. So you always have to be constantly analyzing, looking at what you can do to make your team better. And, uh, and don't be quick to, you know, to click that accept button. Don't be quick to just toss picks around. Really put some analysis into it. Utilize Twitter. You know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I – I tweet at uh, Josh with questions about this guy, that guy. What do you think about this? What do you think about that trade? Do do your due diligence. You know, go go into the Twitter community, uh, DM some guys that you value their opinion, and uh, get get test test the uh, temperature out there in the in the in the community before you pull triggers on things. Um, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be uh, that guy that you know sells sell someone way short and next thing you know you're, you're you know you're crying in your cheerios yeah and and i also you know create a quite a excuse me create a twitter poll to see how people feel about certain players against each other um you might be surprised 
of the result. And you will be surprised if come some, some of the conversations it will start too. So, um, I just, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, that's a lot of fun to do too, just because you'll see, even, even if you're wondering about like, like today I did, uh, Ezekiel Elliott versus Thomas Rawls. Cause I, geez, I personally, I think I would take Rawls, but people are so high on these rookies right now that everybody's saying Elliott and he doesn't even have a team yet. I mean, Elliott's winning this poll 88% to 12% right now. And that seems crazy when you know Thomas Rawls is the, is the number one running back in a, in a team on a team that's known for their running. Granted, they didn't show it all of last year or, you know, for the most of the year last year, but I guess I would, I would take Rawls all the way on that poll. And maybe, maybe that's my opinion. And obviously everybody else, everybody else is, uh, in a different boat there. So same thing, you know, with Raglan versus Jack, just see how it goes. And then if you're, you know, you're higher on Raglan, don't tell anybody and wait until somebody takes Jack in your rookie draft and then you can take him because you know, it'll be, you know, it'll be safe because I think Jack's probably the consensus number one right now, IDP player. Um, Yeah. And I also want to point out too, if you're doing a startup that doesn't have separate rookie picks and you, you like some of these DBs, you know, don't pull the trigger on these DBs way early. You know, obviously you love Dan Buchanan. I said this on the podcast last week too. You love Landon Collins. Everybody does, and that's okay. And you would you'd be you're fortunate to have him. Uh, but if you can get the the next day on Buchanan or the next Landon Collins, fifteen twenty rounds later, why would you not do that? Even if it takes a year or two years, because this is this is about building a dynasty. And you can do that within within that startup there too. You get you wait and take a slew of rookies way late, and then you know we'll see how they develop. Because um, those even those high end rookies are going to go way higher than they need to sometimes, and you just don't know. I mean, next thing you know, you're stuck taking Bishop Sankey in the fourth round. Oh wait, that was me. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> we we make mistakes to help you out there too, people. So, any any other thoughts there, Bill? No, that's it. I appreciate you having me on. I, I think that uh, I'm very proud of, of what we're doing at DFW with IDP. I think that we are, um, we're ahead of a lot of people. Um, uh, there's not a lot of IDP content out there. So those of you that are in IDP leagues, make sure that you're hitting us up, asking Twitter questions, getting our premium content, uh, listening to the podcast. Um, you're you're going to dominate your leagues. If you're ahead on the IDP side, um, you're already probably fine on the offensive side. If you can Gain an edge on your IDP side, you're going to dominate your leagues and win some championships. That's right. We 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 are here to help every, everybody in the in the fantasy football community. Not not only dynasty, you redraft too, and and IDP as well. We 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 worked hard to to bring you this content. So please 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 uh, please ask us any questions. We're we're very happy to help. All right. Have a good day. You too. Um.